Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hello, Pretty Mental family. We love you. Welcome back. Here we go again. For today's podcast, we sat down for another sister solo session to get at all things dating. And this was, I really enjoyed this conversation because we are able to bring in a lot of what our own journey has been as we've always been in addition to kind of like living this life experience, we've always been studying the life experience and not just bring in our perspective, but also what we've pulled from the wisdom of mental health traditions and knowledge and other wisdoms and truths that that we've been able to gain as we've been on this journey. So Hopefully this is helpful for you guys as you embark on your own dating journeys, because we know that the quality of our relationships and being able to forge healthy bonds with each other is a huge part of our mental health experience in this life. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. and tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author-to-be, Awaken Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share and Awaken Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So 
make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. Calling in our higher selves, calling in our spirit guides, our ancestors, our angels, calling in the universe, calling in all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime, calling all of the energies that walk with our community in this lifetime as we open ourselves up for authentic communication, for healing conversations, as we open our hearts up for communication filled with love, filled with grounded insight, calling in the divine feminine, calling in the divine masculine. We open ourselves up fully for whatever wants to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, for the highest healing of our community, and for the highest healing of the planet. The portal is now open. Hello. Hello. What up? Happy new moon in Libra by the time that we're recording this. Not when it's going to go out, but we'll still be in Libra season. I'm pretty sure it's happening right now. Oh, oh, you're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. While we're recording. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. So the topic that Paula brought up for us to talk about today was just patterns in dating and that and just like relationships and partnerships. And that is literally what Libra stands for. Did you know that? No. Yeah. So it's so aligned. It's just something that's been coming up a lot in, in sessions. So themes, themes, themes. And I'm like, we need to hash this one out, get on our, our little soapbox processing moment of dating patterns that need to be acknowledged and things that it's important from a mental health perspective for everybody to be aware of as they step into that world of forming bonds and partnerships with other humans. Like what's been coming up? You know, as we kind of, anytime that we want something for our lives and for most humans on this earth, partnership is a huge one of them. It makes a huge difference to understand something about the systems, the system of connecting, for example. It's like if you want to start a new business, it would chances of succeeding are much higher if you understand something about what you need to watch out for, what you need to be aware of, what processes are important to acknowledge as you create that business. You don't if you just go into it blindly, it's going to be a whole tri- a ton of trial and error. And for a lot of people, it's like that's not a conversation or a topic that really came up a lot while they were growing up. That's something that you and I can sometimes take for granted or even I take for granted because obviously my journey has been being deeply involved with all these psychology and relational topics for a very long time and wanting to have insight on how all these things work for a very long time. And I for, it's hard for me to kind of remember some that that's not what the general public is always doing, you know? There's people yeah. that are like, accountants or, you know, becoming lawyers. Like we all have different things that we're focused on. It's so funny how that happens when we're, I mean, I definitely tend to think like that when I have certain strengths, sometimes I don't even think to really bring them up or share them. Cause I'm like, everyone is like this. Everyone's like this. I remember one of my exes would always say like, you need to come up with some kind of like 
eating healing course and start telling people specific supplements that they could be on because you bring up things way before I end up hearing them come into the mainstream media and in regards to health. And I would always say like, that's so goofy. No, everyone knows to take chlorella and spirulina on an empty <laughs> stomach <laughs> with sea moss. <laughs> Should we be taking that on an empty stomach? No, not really. CMOS oh. maybe, yeah. I don't know about chlorella and spirulina. That's just literally what came up. I know. I mind. remember I was drinking uh, celery juice when Valentina was living with me. And when Valentina moved out, like never again has a celery juice been drink and follows mornings. Oh, my God. That's so, so, gosh. Okay, we're about to – I mean, do you want to hear a little bit? This is about to be a complete side derail, but we'll come back to it. My, our brother Sebastian came to visit me this weekend. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. the supplement talk yes, reminded please. me of. Yes, please. I know it, you guys definitely so, had your moments. I'm sure. Stick with us, you guys. I promise. This is just going to be a little catch up. But Paula doesn't hasn't heard about our, and now you guys get to hear about the weekend I had with my brother. And one of these days, he will be on this podcast. He will. It's just a matter of time. You guys want to hear his stories. Trust me, they're wild. So he came this weekend and we did a lot of, we're so similar. It's wild. We're very yeah. different, but we're so similar. Yeah. In like the, I guess, how we approach our healing. At your core, you're very similar. Mm -hmm. The experiences that you had probably made you a little different, but. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we started our days with meditation every morning. <laughs> we traded supplements every morning and every night. <laughs> and we he did a breathwork session with me. I didn't guide him. We did it together. Like I was part of the breathing, which was really nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, were we twins in our past life? Because it's wild. Anyways, I guess that was literally all that I have to bring up. <laughs> I mean, he was only here for two days <laughs> or three days. <laughs> It was we like jumped in your, the ocean. It was like having your little partner in crime. Like, yeah, wow, it was actually this really person. Nice. This person's interested in all the things I'm interested in. Yeah, and it ties well into this partnership talk because it was so nice for me to have that male energy with me of sharing. You know, he would meditate with me in the morning, and then we would have our little healthy supplements, and he would have his coffee, and I would have my tea, and. Then we would have fruit together and then we would just go adventure together during, you know, out in nature and the ocean and longboarding. And it was just so fun for me to have that, to have that energy with me. It felt really, when he left the next morning, I'm like, are you kidding? I have to have my tea by myself. Like I want, <laughs> I have to take my supplements by myself. I just, I loved having that male energy with me. And partners. it made me realize, yeah, and I say all the time, like, I love this solo life that I have. And I really am like, damn, partnership is really nice. It partnership really is. is so nice. When you're under, in the right conditions, right? Because it could either be your just giantist Dude. trigger. <laughs> <laughs> the nightmare of your existence. The nightmare of your existence. Or it can be just such a beautiful... And honestly, it's you're going to have triggers left and right when you're in relationship, no matter what. It just what depends on the outcome and on your nervous system during that is if you have someone with sim similar values, if you have someone who's willing to show up for themselves and for you as much as you do. Yeah. Just be aligned with that, yeah. which is really, really nice. 
if you do the right vetting and you're both showing up in conscious ways, there doesn't have to be that many triggers. I know. I was like, Sebastian, I wanted him to stay long run. I'm like, he has a whole wife to go back to. I'm like, what? He actually, he actually has a partner. <laughs> he actually has someone. Dude. I just, I feel like I'm in a good position to speak to this conversation from an authentic place because have I tried all the <laughs> methods? <laughs> I have done, I feel like I've definitely done all of it when it comes to making all the mistakes, maybe not all the mistakes, but a good portion of them, approaching dating and connection from the most misguided place ever to realizing like this isn't working, then becoming more misguided <laughs> and then turning around and becoming conscious of all of that and shifting it and entering into dating situations with completely different energy now. So I feel like I've been on both sides of the spectrum for sure. I mean, when I started my dating journey, I mean, God bless my first boyfriend if he ever hears this, but I would, I broke up with him like every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's anxiety. Oh, okay. Like that was my anxious avoidant pattern at play where it was like, it was insane. My friends, you know, I was in high school and my friends would be like, Paula, if you plan to break up with him one more time, like I can't listen to you anymore. Um, and I would, I just, I didn't necessarily at that point understand that relationship was about connecting and being at peace. I thought it was about control and protection, protecting myself. Either I'm in full control of the situation or I have to protect myself by like running for the hills. But along that journey, there have been a lot of really incredible lessons, hard-earned lessons definitely learned that hopefully we can pass on to you guys in this podcast. It helps to know to go through all these experiences because then now we know what our triggers are. Now we know what, for example, now you know if you want to escape, that's just anxiety. So instead of escaping, you actually deal with the anxiety. And I know one of my things is when I get anxious, I start being more controlling I don't leave. I just stay in place and maybe get a little more controlling and a few other things. But now I know, right? If I start becoming controlling, I just have to check myself and not get too comfortable in that rigid personality pattern. I have to dig in like, Valentina, what's going on? Now it's a full on conversation with ourselves of, okay, what's going on? Let me ground myself. Let me be here for myself. And then let me pull in this hopefully conscious partner that, because now we are going to vet people who are who can, can, is there a dog in your house? That would be Bella. Oh, Bella. <laughs> oh, I forgot you were with, with um, my parents. Oh, my baby. I miss you her. Um, she's such a little bully with That's that. Her. She just made herself present. Okay. Where was I saying? Oh yeah. Cause now we're going to vet people who can have these styles of conversations with us where we can, you know, now I would say if, in that anxious situation, I would probably bring it up to my partner. I would literally say, hey, I'm kind of anxious right now. Um, and I know I'm probably projecting that this is what's going on. I may just need some space to ground myself again and whatever before we go into full on blind reaction mode and we make us feel shitty and someone else feel shittier. Yeah, absolutely. And in my in my unconsciousness, because that's really what it was, right? It really is like when you go through a healing journey, you're like, 
you're really waking up. You're waking up to so many patterns that you were just like, oh, I just thought I was the pattern. Yes. I thought, I thought that was just life. And then you're just like, whoa, I was that in is, trance. That's literally what I have been saying to myself these past few months. Because one sentence that I've said many times on this podcast is, oh, yeah, I was depressed for 10 years. And I'm like, that doesn't like fully resonate, but that's the only word I can think of is depression for 10 years. And I'm like, now that I think about it, I feel like I was depressed, like in that true sadness for like one or two years or something like that. But I think I was asleep for 10 years. Like I was in a, I, I just did not know better. Yeah, I did not have greater consciousness, greater awareness, greater tools, greater, you know. Yeah. And, you're, you're just like grasping at straws here. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that's the majority of our human population is doing that. So that's why we are on this journey of awakening with you guys, which is equal to the journey of healing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but in my unconsciousness, I definitely fell prey, I guess, for lack of a better word, to other people's unconscious patterns. And rather than call it for what it was and protect myself, I would just go deeper into my unconscious patterns, you know, like, oh, you want to act like that? <laughs> Watch how quickly I can block you, you know? Watch how quickly I can run or whatever. So I guess where there's so many places where we could start this conversation. Maybe one of the, maybe the best place to start is becoming conscious of what you're noticing in the beginning of a relationship, in the beginning of the dating experience, and a few things to be aware of and to watch out for. Um, this, this feels like a dating tutorial. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I'll let, let me let you talk and then I'll add in because I have something for the beginning. Yeah, well, I want to hear what you're saying. Okay, Bella, oh my God, I could squeeze her. I hear her barking in the background. I love her. In the beginning, I think it's really important to just see where you're at first. If you decide to start in the dating world, figure out like where your mental health is at, where you're, where you're at with your own anxiety, because we often attract people who are on the same frequency as us, who are in that energy level as us. So, you know, if maybe we, and I don't think you have to be like all the way healed until you can start dating. No way. You'll that. never date. Yeah. But just, right. But just be awake to maybe the energy state that you're in. So you're not quote unquote trauma bonding with someone or pulling in someone who's in that frequency because it's just true. The, the, the greater condition our mental health is in, we end up attracting or our emotional health is, and we end up attracting people who are on that similar wavelength. You know, you can either attract someone in your depression or attract someone in your ascension. You know what else I would add to that is, yes, that's true. I have a slightly different opinion of that because I know that's often what's said and, and what a lot of us experience is like, okay, people similar to you are drawn to you. But also, if you're a legit human that has things to offer, there's going to be all kinds of people that are attracted to you. Everybody loves me. I'm attracting <laughs> everyone. I don't know what you're thinking. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you've heard this too, but it's like you think like, okay, if I'm, I'm taking care of myself, I'm doing my healing work. So like why was such a shitty person attracted to me? Sometimes when you have a lot of light to give and joy and there's a lot of value coming from you, there's all kinds of people that are going to be close to you. So my perspective on that is just 
not for me, not so much identifying with who is coming to me, but trusting in my ability to discern who gets to stay. Yes. That's what I would. I'm happy you brought that up because I want to clarify. So it's not even necessarily who I attract, right? Because we could attract all our neighbors, you know, it's who we let in, who we let in. See my light? Yeah. Who we let in is who I believe, and you can, you know, keep speaking on, on what you believe, but who we let in is a reflection of the energy field that we're in, of what we're attracting, of what we believe we are worthy of, of what feels familiar on some level. Yeah. What we believe to be acceptable, right? So like one of the first things that I fell victim or prey, I mean, neither of those two are my favorite words these days, but that I was unconscious to, that I I could be like swooned by, um, was probably was love bombing. I was one of my first probably like unconscious patterns in dating. And if you guys don't know what love bombing is, this is a really important thing to know about as you are beginning your dating process. That love bombing is when somebody shows up in the beginning of the relationship full speed full speed, like ready to commit everything to you, using all the right words, giving you all the gifts, doing everything to impress you. Usually that kind of behavior matches up with a narcissistic pattern because people that are genuinely interested in authentic connection show up very humanly. They're just like, you get to know me, I get to know you, we build up. As this relationship evolves, I give more and you give more. But when it comes on full speed ahead and they're doing all the things, taking you on all the trips, giving you all the gifts, that's a little, that's a red flag, chances are, because why is that happening? Like this person doesn't even know me. Why are they working so hard to kind of mesmerize me? And at that point, it that pattern tends to go along with like they want a certain reaction out of me and to feel in a certain level of control in this dynamic because it's not it's not developing equally. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you want someone who comes in not immediately trying to have this specific template. They, they actually authentically want to get to know you. Yeah, exactly. And they're not telling you all the perfect words. Like beautiful words are nice, but making sure that that's being matched with actions, but also like is the type of language that they're using increasingly developing as the relationship develops or do they start off promising you their heart and soul when it's way too early for that to be happening? I went on a Tinder date way back when and he we climbed a tree together and once we got to the top of the tree... He told me that he could see himself marrying me. That motherfucker <laughs> waited till we were up in the tree. Valentino <laughs> was like, let me get down from this tree, please. I was like, I'm about to break a leg because I'm about to jump off this branch. I, yeah, that to me, I was like, that, hello, love bomb. I didn't know it back then because I was young and in my teens, but like, that's wild. If you have things like that, just people who are ready to give you their life pretty soon, let's move in together. Let's, da da da. Yeah. You know. Or mesmerize you with material things, mm-hmm. which is some of what I would would end up what would happen to me. You know, like 
I remember I went on a date and after one date, the person sent me a pair of designer shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Paula had the most lavish dates back in the day. I remember. Is that what love bombing would be or was it yeah. just people who had a lot of money? There's When you're just like, why are you, if you're really trying to build authentic connection, why are you leading with how much money you have? Like, that's natural. That should like, that's just, okay, that's part of who you are. But like, why is that the number one thing that you're trying to make somebody aware of? True. They're not right, 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 right. That's not like, hey, let's go for a walk in the park and connect in our humanity. Mm -hmm. That's here's a pair of designer shoes. When's our second date? You know, right. my Leo ass back then was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I am a size eight shoe. I am a size small shirt. Seven and a half. Actually, just that out there. <laughs> Your only measurements. Uh, European and American. Right. Or just being like immediately taken to like all the fanciest restaurants <laughs> all the time. <laughs> All the time. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, that's great and all, but it's almost like you're being mesmerized by the high of the experience. It's a high. You start off on a high. It's not a gradual, it's not a gradual, imperfect human thing. It's a high. Like, I'm starting you off with a high, so you are hooked. It's a very narcissistic way to approach a relationship in the beginning. That can be hard to vet because if you're getting all these gifts saying no to so much treasures coming your way can feel like, damn, you know? Until you get burnt until, by it. Until you get, right. Because eventually it will end up I leading to that. definitely got burnt by it. Like my experience with those kinds of men, because I'm heterosexual, as we all know, is, was that then when it came time to show emotional intimacy, like they couldn't, or they wouldn't know how to meet me there fully. This is true. I remember. See, I have such a hard time speaking in vague terms. We were all we were on a, a date. We because I was third wheeled with Paula all the time. I was the little sister who came who went everywhere with her and her millionaires. And I remember we were talking about something super emotional and the guy got up and left because he couldn't cry in front of us. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That but was... I excused it because of his zodiac sign. <laughs> <laughs> But that's real. You know, we want to be able where we're at now to share these vulnerable moments with someone to share humanity. Well, ultimately, you're going to be friends, right? Ultimately, when all the highs go away and you go into the daily living of life, like there has to be a solid friendship there. And if somebody's just trying to like get you high off of what they can offer right away, like what is that? There, that That's more of like a drug approach you're not even building a relationship. It's just, I'm just going to lure you in and make this really mesmerizing. That's, there's no need for that when someone is showing up in emotional authenticity and knows how to connect emotionally. There's literally no need for that at that point, you know, and if that's what we're looking for, then it's like, ask yourself why, you know, I was like, I want gifts. I think like gifts was my no number one love language back in the day. Now it's like way down on the list. And if you've listened to any of our past podcasts, you know that like I had an avoidant attachment style too. So it was almost like their swooning of me and mesmerizing me and my also avoidant of that intimacy was like a perfect match made in hell type of thing. Or we're both pretending that we're trying to get into a relationship, but no one is really ready for that. 
when you're really ready for that, it can be a little alarming for somebody to like come in that strong, especially when you know what that represents, which I know now. So like I've been through it, right? Another thing is, so that's called love bombing. Be aware, humans. Write it down, family. (laughs) Write it down. The other thing is, is the amount of consistency growing over time, right? Or do they start out with that like intense level of consistency and then start pulling back and forth and back and forth, kind of swinging you around? Or is the consistency never really fully developing? Ideally, we want the amount of consistency to grow gradually, steadily over time. And that's important to note because when a lot of people, a lot of people that are walking into dating scenarios have trauma. And so then you hear this advice that's like, look out for the red flags. Like, are they being super consistent and all that? And like, truly, in the very beginning, no one is going to be showing up on a super, super regular basis if the relationship is developing organically. They might, though. What do you mean? Well, on a consistent basis, but they shouldn't be like they're not going to be as the relationship develops. Chances are then like you're talking every day, right? Or you're checking in on each other every day. But like if you just met a person. okay, yeah. And they're doing that. That's that goes with like love bombing. I thought you were talking about communication patterns. Like sometimes they might be cons- consistent in terms of their how how seen they allow themselves to be in the text messages or in the communication. Like that should be relatively consistent when you're speaking with someone. You can't have someone who's like pulling away every now and then. Yeah. That's yeah, giving and taking away, giving and taking away. Like that would drive someone crazy. That's actually called re- that's uh intermittent reinforcement. Mm. And it is the most addictive type of pattern that there is. And that's like, that's actually the perfect recipe to get somebody into an anxious trauma bond. Because like, if you think about the way that the most addictive type of drug situations are like when you don't know if you're going to get that high or not. So you keep trying, you keep trying and like, you never know when it's going to hit, you know, that's why people get addicted to gambling, gambling, because you never know, it could be that next time, right? So when someone is like, giving you and then disappearing, and then showing up with full presence, and then disappearing, and then showing up again, you start to kind of wait for that next moment that they give you the love. And when they give you the love, you've been so anxiously waiting for it that it almost like, you know, it satisfies that yearning and you're even more strongly bonded and then they disappear again. So now you yearn for it even deeper. And then you they gotta watch to out you. for that one. I've been in that situation before. And I've had friends who've been in that situation where we've talked and sometimes it just feels like our standards have lowered so much because I don't know what the dating pool looks like now, but maybe it's just become so casual, maybe because social media or what. But I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, well, he, you know, maybe maybe I should give him another chance because he he did say sorry the last time. And we're like, that's where we're at right now because <laughs> the man knows how to apologize. Like, we got to check each other. I mean, it depends, too, you know, because 
In this There's situation, a... no. Okay. <laughs> but yes, in greater context, in greater context. But just, I guess, just be aware because I have seen this and we've all laughed about it because we all acknowledge it that it's almost like we are giving everyone more and more room to not be present, you know? Right. More, yeah, to hide, I guess. Like we're, yeah. we're babying each other instead of instead of I explain each I other know. out or yeah, right. or like hey, I know what's that up. Yeah, like I know that you're capable of showing up better than this. Yeah. Um, or at least I'm gonna challenge you to. And if you can't, this ain't gonna work. Right. But I know that when I fell into those patterns before of intermittent reinforcement becoming an addiction was because I wasn't loving myself. And so when you're not loving yourself and you don't know how to hold space for yourself. Any little ounce of love that somebody of the opposite sex or somebody that you're interested in dating, same sex, opposite sex, whatever, somebody that you're interested in dating gives you an ounce of love and you're not knowing how to access any of that for yourself or how, how to access inner peace for yourself at the very least. Then the moment you ent you feel some connection with another person, because we're social beings, in that moment, it's one of the most that's those moments of like when someone you care about or attracted to is hugging you, holding you, whatever, like those are some of the moments that your nervous system is going to feel the most regulated. So then if you don't know how to do that for yourself, you subconsciously or consciously believe that that is how I'm going to get my regulation. And so now this person has a ton of power over you and they can show up whenever and you're ready to go. So I've definitely been in those situations and, but because of my anxious avoidant pattern, I would just like be twice as hard to get while torturing myself while being tortured on the inside because secretly I was addicted to what I was getting from them. But then when I would give in and I would get that regulation, it would just like ingrain that addiction even deeper. So if somebody is giving you that intermittent reinforcement that's something to be aware of if you because people will confuse that with love people confuse that with love it's like oh I just feel so drawn to them I just I mean I know that they're not being that way but like I just feel so good when I'm with them it's like of course you feel good when you're with them you're attracted to them and they're holding you or whatever the case is so you feel your nervous system regulates in that moment but then they take it away. Like it's not a safe situation. And in order for us to really create long lasting bonds, it needs to be safe. Intermittent reinforcement family, write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all getting this? Um, All right. What's next, Paula? What's next? So I want to backtrack to like that initial beginning of the relationship. Again, when a lot of us are coming a lot of people are coming into the dating situation traumatized. So because of that, that can make us either that can make us swing to polar opposite ends of how we're approaching. When you've healed more of your traumas, you're able to enter situations from a more centered place. So that means that you may either enter it from like, I'm ready to give my all to the first person that looks my way, which is like, why that should never be the case. You, this is another full human being that has their full story. And you're just now popping into their life. Like, you know, they're the built making your life one life together is something that builds up over time. Or you're you come in really, 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 really cautious. And so anything that could be a red flag, you're ready to completely end it. Which I've also been there. You know, like they 
breathe the wrong way. Like, this is absolutely not going to work. <laughs> Despicable breather. It's yeah. Done. But the truth is that a healthy person is not going to offer you the fullness of who they are, all of it right away. They're also kind of calmly, but steadily, calmly can be lovingly building up that level of comfort with you until they're more comfortable texting you more regularly, until they're more comfortable like talking to you on the phone longer, right? Until they're more comfortable planning their weekends around you because you're building up that bond. It's very similar to a friendship. And I think that's what a lot of us kind of forgot amidst all the traumas that have happened between in, in romantic type of dynamics is that this is really a friend, a friendship that you're developing. There just happens to be sexual attraction. I think too, you know, just owning our own responsibility in this situation is we have all the right to come forth in a relationship where someone is doing the intermittent reinforcement or anything else and saying, you know, like asking what's up. Hey, I may, you know, this is making me uncomfortable. This is whatever, but just being really, really, really open. And that also lets us know just how the other person handles it. Yes. That's a how really good will, point. Yeah. If they're actually someone who is willing to wake up to their patterns, because we're all going to have patterns. So we can lovingly, you know, call each other out on it and just have each other step up to the plate. And that those really are the make or break situations if we're going to move on to the next phase. But of course, we also have to be really aware after we bring it up and they say sorry and they speak really consciously to it and they're willing to change their habits. Do they actually change their habits? Yeah, because that's also something that I that I experienced was like after I had this one experience where after I was I had gotten pretty far on not being avoidant, but not far enough on not being anxious. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a whole journey, people. Then I remember I started one relationship where I almost didn't even want to have boundaries. Like my pendulum swung to the other side and I wasn't, that person was showing up perfectly enough that I barely had to, but there was some key moments that were solid moments of like, that was inappropriate or that was wrong, or that was a lack of integrity, like what's going on there that I didn't call out for the sake of keeping peace in that relationship and wanting to hold on to a bond. And then because I never, I didn't hold that person accountable, I didn't, but I started without doing that, I started giving my heart over to the situation. I never really got a realistic picture of how capable that person was of holding space for me and thinking about me in the dynamic. And then the moment that that things got hard, life circumstances happened, that person exited the relationship super quickly with barely a notice after months of ridiculous, almost like love bombing, honestly but at, at a solid, subtler level and they exited. And when they exited, I was upset, but then I looked back through the patterns and I was like, he showed me that he didn't have the capacity. Like he showed me that he didn't really have that much integrity, but I didn't give myself permission to hold him accountable for that, for the sake of keeping the connection. And that shit came and bit me in the butt. So essentially what I experienced was a sort of ghosting. Like he let me know, but considering the amount of time and effort that we had spent together 
I would consider that a pretty ghosty situation, but I was able to like look back through the patterns and be like, okay, I see where I did not own up my level of advocating for myself in the way that you just said for fear of not having that person in my life. And so sometimes when we're ready to have a relationship and somebody shows up kind of okay, it's very tempting to put that person up on a pedestal and be like, no, I really want this to work out. But the truth is we should never want anything to work out that we can't challenge a little bit that then shows the potential for growth. Why do we want something to work out where we can't speak our truth? Why do we want something to work out where we can't challenge a person or advocate for ourselves or throw in a little bit of a challenge in there and, and see how they respond? How they respond is what should give us the determination of like, oh, okay, actually, this has the potential of working out, not because it's what I've like built up on a pedestal that I want so desperately, but because this person's showing me that they have the capacity to build this with me. Yes. And then we start creating safety for ourselves and safety for the relationship. And that's where we can really, really start blooming. We don't want to be in relationships where this is the thing. It's like Brene Brown says, you want to be uncomfortable now or resentful later. If we just stay quiet for the sake of safety now, then the we're going to be on tiptoes more and more and more. And we're going to have eggshells more and more and more that we have to, you know, tiptoe on. So we can bring it up now. We start creating this safe container. So when other things come up, because they will, and the problems will just get thicker because that's just how it works, you know, we'll later on be able to, to call it out and it'll be uncomfortable. We can always, I've had situations, right, where I have felt very safe in the container and I have said, hey, just on my own shit. Like I've called my own shit out. I have said, Hey, I, I can feel myself wanting to nitpick you. And I tend to do that when I get anxious and I think I'm anxious cause I just need some alone time and I haven't really advocated for myself in that. So, um, I'm do not want to do that to you. That is the last thing that I want to do. Cause that is like not what I came here to co-create with you. And it ended up being so beautiful. It ended up being, Oh, like, one, thank you for calling yourself out on that and being able to witness when you're projecting. And two, yeah, I want to give you your alone time. And I know that's something that's important to you. So like, it's crazy when we can have these styles of conversations. It feels like, fuck, dude, anything is possible. We're about to take over the world. <laughs> when it feels so safe, you know, it's like, what? I can't believe I was ever going to like, you can have just the problems dilute. They dilute. You know, something I've been working with a lot of clients around that I've, I definitely have had to work with myself around is whether you, if you have any kind of relational trauma, it can feel terrifying. It, it often is a pattern that it feels terrifying to express things that you don't like. If growing up, you experience adults or other people responding in an emotionally unregulated way to any feedback that you gave, which is a very common experience on this earth. <laughs> and as a child, we don't have the capacity really to say like, okay, this person is being unregulated. Let me walk away. Instead, it's like, I'm just going to be quiet and try to make myself as like subtle as possible so that this regulation that this person this dysregulation this person's experiencing like disappears as soon as possible so I can be safe again. I just saw this study. I was watching this study of like 
they were filming toddlers regulating their emotions in the face of an upset adult. Oh and my so god, that's sad. They did a it's test. Really on sad. This. Yeah, it's sad. Um, they were they they were in the study room and there was a person in there. The the toddler got like upset about something, and then a person came in there that was like showing like clearly emotional dysregulation talking to the other adult and the toddler was witnessing this and like completely shut down all his emotions and then the moment that that person left the room he went back to what he was doing he went back to expressing whatever he was feeling or or displaying it however he felt like but this is something that we have an instinct for very early on and if we experience enough dysregulated responses to our feedback or us saying anything that is less than absolutely glorious, we start to be terrified of doing that, which is then why people either take one or two routes, which is like, okay, I'm just going to make myself really small, but still stay here. Or I need to run because I can't even express anything. Bella really wants to make herself present in this. Bella podcast. is so annoying. <laughs> I go She's... from loving her to being like, Bella, can you shut up? We're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> so then if you, that's why it's so important. Like the only reason you were able to have that conversation that you just so beautifully described for us is because you know what your traumas were now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. pretty much like you have a solid grasp on that. You know what your response to those traumas were. So you know what the opposite of those responses need to be so that you can experience healing in real time. And that's called a corrective emotional experience, which is you express what you were feeling and it actually brought forth more love. So now your nervous system is going to trust a little more that that expressing your truth is an option because now it has evidence in it like data that this has worked out but the only way to know if it's going to work out is to override that trauma response of whatever it is is it running becoming more controlling or becoming totally silent you have to know that's what you're being tempted to do in order to do something different and so for a lot of people because of that because when someone is emotionally unregulated in response to something you say or do, somebody you care about, somebody who your safety to some level depends, it's a really scary experience. Even if they're not literally threatening your life, your nervous, your emotional system and your nervous system experience that as, as a form of aggression. Like somebody may not be hitting you, but if they're raging at you, that's an aggressive assault. That's a verbal assault. And so like, Rightfully so, we're wired to respond in a in a survival way to something like that, and that for that reason, like when those types of ex- opportunities come up for a lot of people, they feel terrified of even expressing the simplest need. Like, hey, no, I'd rather we do this before we go to that place. The simplest need. You know, if the pattern has been going on long enough and we learn to silence ourselves or respond in whatever trauma response you have to it long enough, saying something like, hey, I didn't like that. Before you do it, your whole body can feel like it's about to revolt. Like it's a visceral physical experience. I've experienced it. Like I'm like, oh, my God, I need to say something because if not, I can feel my throat closing up. 
which is something that to now I recognize as an indication that I'm about to go into a trauma response or that there's something that needs to be said that I'm not saying, my throat starts kind of hurting. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to say something. Because if I don't say something, now I'm the one that gets to carry this energy with me and I'm going back into an old pattern. And that moment of saying something, the way I started describing it to clients, is like, it literally feels like that moment for a lot of us where you're about to jump off a high dive or somewhere really high and everyone is like, just do it, just go. And you have to go one, two, three. And you have to just say it. You have to just get it out. Because if not, the fear is going to keep you silent. You you just have to go for it. And you have to know that your healing is more important than whether or not that person responds perfectly. And also that if they don't know how to hold space for your needs or for what you're expressing at all, and they make you feel threatened or shamed, you have the option of leaving. But the most you're really do you're not doing it for them as much as you're doing it for yourself so that your inner children so that your nervous system has the opportunity to experience something different yeah so many of us have to remember because the fear of losing that partnership is really scary it's really really scary you know especially if we love someone or even strongly like someone or enjoy someone's company i just believe that we all have to remind ourselves and this is what I do for everything now I just say this mantra and you guys have heard me say it over and over again write it down family is I will never abandon myself I will not abandon myself you know say the person you're dating's name is Freddie or Sarah just I will not abandon myself or Freddie I will not abandon myself or Sarah I will not abandon myself even for me Remind yourself of that over and over so you know, I think subconsciously so many of us know our bodies know that once, you know, if someone were to leave, we also will end up abandoning ourselves. We won't know how to function. But if we remind ourselves that we have our own back, we are here for us. If they leave, we will be okay. We will resource. We will ground. We will end up being okay. We will not abandon ourselves. That's really important just reinforcing that within ourselves we can be our own partners in that sense we have to be our own partners before anyone else can really be our authentic partners we've got to know that we have our own back first yeah and that requires knowing exactly what your system is what energies you're holding inside of you because the only way to really hold space for yourself and be there for yourself for example in what you described which was a good great example of it is you got to know what traumas you're dealing with so that you can hold space for those little parts inside of you to be in a situation that is actually going to be safe for them. Yeah. And oftentimes I hear people say like, I keep attracting the same person who does this, this, this. I think that's like a really important thing to pay attention to. It's not so much the people you're attracting, but the pattern in yourself that you are allowing, that you are giving oxygen to that is allowing the pattern to that is allowing the dynamic between you and these people to, to happen. Just really realizing, like figuring out all of your patterns, all of your triggers, what are the things that give you anxiety? What are the things that make you really, really worried? Like figuring them out and figuring out how you can help yourself and what tools to have for those things, it will start correcting the kind of people that you bring into or the dynamics that you bring forth or the patterns that 
have repeated themselves in the past. Yeah. Something else that is, I think, that is worth saying is when somebody does something you don't like, if you notice yourself responding in a highly emotional way, in a highly angry way, or just in a highly activated emotional way, that's chances are, I mean, I know there's probably, there's all kinds of possible scenarios, but chances are you're probably having a trauma response, not necessarily what that person has done. If it's a fairly normal relationship, not an overtly abusive relationship, chances are you're probably having a trauma response. So it can be really helpful to kind of work with yourself to get to a more regulated place. This is where nervousism regulation becomes really important before you express your boundary or your need too because other people have their own traumas of people of other of of people being emotionally charged and unregulated towards them and so if you don't if you're not able to work with yourself to model some regulation as you engage these difficult conversations it's not fair to expect your partner to be the only one that's regulated or to completely receive everything you're saying in a perfectly regulated manner that's not fair so if you can regulate yourself and you're coming at it calmly and they and and they're still not, and they're not doing their part to come at it calmly like that's not fair to you. You're allowed to walk away. But also in this conversation it's important to recognize that our own self-responsibility is what's going to allow or give us the highest chance of that difficult conversation being successful. You know, because for example, somebody may not show up when they said they were going to. My trauma could have me feeling abandoned. And then when I talk to them, it's like, you, I can't trust you. You don't do what you say you're going to do, blah, blah, you know, just coming at them. Chances are that's going to turn somebody's own inner protectors on and they're going to want to defend themselves. If I'm able to kind of call out what's happening, okay, I'm feeling abandoned. This is, there's Coco. That's the other Whoa, one. Coco is up and close. Where is he next to you? Yeah, he is. Hi, uh, Coco. Yeah, so chances are, Coco made me lose my train of thought. When you regulate yourself, you can like when you you can call out on yourself like, okay, I'm nervous or you you also give your partner an opportunity to experience something different. Yeah. And I think it's important when you come at those situations, for example, if someone doesn't show up when they say they're going to, that's such a great opportunity. Once you regulate yourself, you can see things clearly, right? You can see the the communication that you're about to have is not one of blame. It's one of, hey, it's actually really important to me that one, one of the things that I really value in a partnership is when people fall through with their word. Or oh, wait, is that fall through? What does fall yeah. through mean? I know, no, no, right? that people follow, um, follow through. Follow through. Okay. Fall through is when it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> I, okay. would, I would think so, yeah. One of the things that's really important to me is when people follow through with their word. And that's, you know, so when you like calmly express it to them, then you can have a really enlightened, conscious conversation. And if they yeah. do that again you regulate yourself again and then you you can come at it from a place not of they keep doing this to me they keep doing this to me but well looks like that's just not someone who I want to deal with because they're showing me who they are and that's really not where I want to spend my energy is worrying about if they're going to do that again on to the next <laughs> exactly um so these are these are some important things to think about as we go into this world of dating so in conclusion, before we 
give our heart and soul to another person that is really just another human being out here, also trying to make sense of this wild ride that we call life. On their own journey. On their own entire journey. Allowing ourselves to really take our time in those stages, in those beginning stages, uh, to, to allow someone to show you who they are. While also empowering yourself to, in those beginning stages, also set those limits. I think like before I got to this point that I'm at now on my own healing self-empowerment journey, I felt like pointing out things that I didn't like when I was younger. I felt like that was being needy. And there's probably a whole host of reasons why that was my association. So instead of being needy, I was just like, all right. I'm going to just disappear then because I don't want to be classified as a needy, naggy person. So I'm just going to disappear. There's nothing needy or naggy about having solid standards and expressing those limits when your boundaries are crossed. That's actually the opposite of needy. That's somebody that knows themselves that's somebody that is aware of the kind of partnership that they need in order to be successful in life and that's somebody that is comfortable expressing that at the possibility of the other person responding with well i'm not capable of doing that and we'd all actually trust me we'd all much rather find that out in the early days then holding it all in, pretending you're okay with everything so that this person takes you on as their partner, but you've been neglecting yourself and making yourself small, so eventually it falls apart anyways. And I feel like we can come at this, at our conversations, literally just what we said, but from a, we can come to it from a really empowered place when we refrain from acting on the trigger, when we resource ourselves first we're able to come from a very conscious place. Our, our emotional brain won't be as flooded and we'll be able to be in our confidence a little bit more when we come forth with, hey, this is actually something I really value. So I just want to let you know, you know, versus why do you keep doing this to me? Right. Or throwing out threats because right. that's not, you know, it's very, it's very much possible to express the limit without being like, if you don't do this, you know, I, I'm, I'm done with this situation. Like that's not going to help anyone feel safe. Like we're all human figuring it out. You could say, Hey, this is important to me. You could say like, okay, this might be a source of tension for us. Cause this is something that is actually a value and you wait and you see how they respond and how they respond will tell you everything and how they behave afterwards too. Because a lot of people, like people can often know exactly what words to use to keep the connection. It needs to be backed up with actions. And that's a really important thing. A lot, of, a lot of humans are so ready for a relationship or so ready for a connection that they'll fall in love with the words very quickly. Just do whatever you need to do. Do whatever work you need to do with your emotional system to pace it. And to like slowly, gently, consciously open up to the partnership, surrender into it in a way. Once that person has shown you that they're ready to meet you at the place that 
you're meeting yourself. That's really what it is. Also, like, in regards to trauma bonding, which if you guys aren't aware what that is, it's like when your traumas mix with the other person's traumas in such a way that you both feel kind of addicted to the relationship. That intermittent reinforcement thing, the intermittent reinforcement thing is a perfect avenue for trauma bonding. Somebody is being avoidant, but then giving you affection. And they're doing that because they're afraid of intimacy because of whatever traumas they have. You are afraid of abandonment and longing for affection. So you become attached and yearning for whatever piece of love they give you because of your own trauma. And then you get stuck on this loop together. Once you become aware of what your traumas are and how you respond to them, I would venture to say it's virtually impossible to get into a trauma bond if you're actively doing the work of holding space for those parts of you that were wounded. Because you see it. Once you see it, you would have to delude yourself (laughs) to pretend you're not seeing it. Trauma bonding only really happens when neither of you have done your trauma healing work. So that's another piece of why it's so important to be on this healing journey. It's why societal societal narratives are just so trash sometimes because there's so such a big narrative around you know, get married and have kids as soon as possible by this age. Like your main goal in life is to get this job and to get this marriage or this partnership and it's like that is so backwards. <laughs> that's another example of our systems being so backwards so backwards. our systems are so backwards i am for myself at least creating every little bit of my universe from now until the day that i die every little thing like questioning every little construct every little narrative before i allow them to take over one meme that i've been seeing come around a lot is oh she's so um what is it she looks so young for 40 and then the captions are always like yeah the, you think 40 is fucking old because of the obsession we have around beauty and whatever and that's kind of a whole different conversation but it because of ageism because of, of the, ageism it's like the systems around age ageism like another you, brainwashing another one when you question everything and start seeing what actually like what universe do you want to live in listen the truth is we are all literally living our own realities there's eight billion realities happening at one time and where we meet each other in the middle of that Venn diagram of realities, that's what we co-create together. So, and that's the same with partnerships. This is why we have to show up so vulnerably and discerning as well, you know, because we have, allow yourself to be seen and also be ready to see, because we have our own reality and they have their own reality. And where we meet each other is that co-creation. And then, yeah, back to the whole conversation of the universe is like, I am painting my reality with my own paintbrush because fuck this, man. I am not with the systems. <laughs> I'm not. And these every day narratives I'm, are such trash. These trash. like social, these collectively unconsciously agreed upon narratives are such trash. It's like everybody is chasing that gold bucket at the end of a rainbow that doesn't even exist doesn't even fucking exist why the heck would you want to rush into a relationship before you even know what your traumas are like why is that the priority the priority should be (sighs) 
<laughs> I'm like, happiness. I, was, I was about to say the priority is after you graduate, figure out your, I'm like, wait, no, like the priorities need to start so much earlier because even our, our educational systems have it backwards. Pretty mental for president. <laughs> we'll handle this you guys we're gonna reconstruct this we're moving to our own island and creating new systems i mean you know what as long as we all start creating new systems within ourselves like we It'll said happen. yeah regulate that the most primordial system of all for us here is the nervous system and then it's our thought systems and our belief systems and then it's our relationship systems and it just goes outward from there but we start like the conditioning that's been brought onto us is start out and then maybe somehow again like throwing spaghetti at the wall maybe somehow you'll end up at a harmonious inner system when like that's not how it works you gotta it goes from the root out starts at home and we're gonna keep reminding each other to come back home to ourselves you guys in every single moment in every single moment and by the time this podcast is released next week valentina is gonna be in costa rica I will be quote unquote visiting costa rica <laughs> we never know with my track record yeah, for sure. I mean, it's only happened once, but I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> My giant track record of being such an adventurer in this lifetime. <laughs> but I will be in the rainforest recording the next time this happens. The next time we record an episode, hopefully you guys will hear some howler monkeys in the background. Oh, that's so Who cool. Who knows? An ocean breeze. So I'm pumped. Cool. Absolutely. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in with us today. We love you so, so, so much. Los queremos mucho. Remember to tune back in with us every Monday at 6 a.m. EST. And remember to be kind to yourselves. Be kind to yourselves and know that all parts of you are welcome here. And never, ever, ever, ever abandon yourself. Repeat that, man. That was such a life-changing mantra for me that yeah. still holds on. I still say it. Amen to that. All right. And with that, we love you guys. See you next time. Peace out. Mwah.